Marketing Made Easy, the podcast on this episode. People forget that actually social media is a tool and if you want to use it for business, it's a business tool. So just like you wouldn't put in, if you had a shop in your shop window, I'm having a really bad day and I've had a massive argument with my partner and my kids hate me, you'd put on that smile and you'd serve your customers. Social media is exactly the same, isn't it? Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone, Get Savvy Club here. <laughs> Hello. We're laughing because this particular episode, Anita is going to be um, interviewing me because this is a new podcast. I'm not too sure when you're listening to this, but this has been recorded um, August 2020, um, the, um, when the podcast is launched. So it could be that things have changed a lot for us since then, but we decided rather than just get straight into it and have like where we're interviewing guests and we're doing our learnings with our savvy quickies and whatnot we should do where anita interviews me and i interviewed anita and um we did this thing earlier i was like you need to speak first like because it's usually me speaking first but anyway it still ended up me me speaking first but over to you anita so if you're gonna um enjoy our podcast and listen to us interviewing loads of other people you're probably going to want to know a little bit more about who we are uh where we come from um and just get to know us a bit more so these are couple of episodes where um, you can learn more about who we are. So we're going to start with Anna. So first of all, just give us um, your story, your background, how you come to be sitting in this chair, working one half of the Get Savvy Club with me um, and about to launch a podcast. (laughs) This last year has been like super fast, hasn't it? It's been like this time last year, bear in mind, as I said, it's August 2020. This time last year, me and Anita were just like, maybe we should work together, literally. Um, and my, my backstory is I'm from Leicester and we, we are both based in Leicester, Leicestershire, now, but I'm actually originally from from here. Um, and I were brought up in quite a rough area of Leicester, actually. Not the worst part, but not the best part either. Sorry, people, if you're listening, if you're from... <laughs> that area the same but, place yeah but, you know if you were brought up with me but it is it was it isn't the best is it um it's, it's a little bit better now actually but it's still not um the, the greatest uh so i won't say where it is or offend anyone i was the kind of kid that kind of just was very average got by under the radar type of kid i was one of the youngest in the year so um my birthday's in august so probably around the time that this podcast is out actually and so being one of the youngest in the year and really immature for my age, um, when it came to like where people started getting actual proper full-time jobs, don't get me wrong, I had loads of jobs as in part-time, hustling here, washing cars, walking dogs, all of that. But the thought of actually going and working in a proper job with actual adults scared me so much. And I thought, so I'm, I'm going to go to college so that I don't have to actually go and get a proper full-time job. And But then also, I'm really keen on doing any like actual work either. And I loved prattling about singing, dancing, acting. I did my BTEC in performing arts, loved every second of it and my confidence grew massively in that. But then I got into a couple of drama schools, but with my family not obviously having loads of money and even if they did, they probably wouldn't pay for me to go there. Um, I sort of thought, oh, I'm going to go get a job. I'll work for a year. I'll save the money myself and then I'll go back because they held the place open for a year at one of the places. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go and get the money. But back then it was like £6,000 a term. Over over 20 years ago, that was. So it's like 18 grand a year to to go and it's a three-year course as well so not really gonna happen um so but I thought oh you know I'll go I'll try and get a scholarship maybe and some sponsorship I don't know but then life happened so I fell into doing random jobs I had a great work ethic and I I actually don't know where I got that from but if I was going to do something whatever it was I was going to do it to the best of my ability even I worked in a warehouse once picking and packing like um 
it was a, clo- a very well-known clothing company in uh, Leicester and they've got the big warehouse here and I worked there and literally I was on three pound three an hour so where did you get that work ethic from then I've no idea I've just always just always had it not if I don't like the stuff and I'm not getting paid for it I guess that's a thing like I wouldn't have happily been skipping around doing it if I wasn't getting paid for it but I was I was there anyway you might as well do the best that you that you can while you're there and that kind of had that but yeah so that work ethic was there but obviously when you're all getting paid three pound three an hour um it doesn't matter if you work hard or not so falling into sales jobs made me realize ah so if you have your work ethic and you sell you can you can get more um so i've done all sorts of sales jobs um and then i just kind of i sold windows i've sold gas and electricity um tele sales door-to-door sales promotion so you know like those people that just stand in the um the, the oh yeah <laughs> The really annoying people. <laughs> yeah, basically. But it's character building. Yeah, I did all of that. But then I thought, I want more of a career. And I had worked in a recruitment agency. Um, I just got that job because I went in for any job. So I wanted to do recruitment, got into that. And I was in there for, what, 17 years? Had a good period of that time being on maternity leave. Had a good period of that time being on garden leave from moving in between jobs and whatever else where they pay you to sit at home for three months because they're so worried that you're going to take all the business, which after the three months you do anyway. So it's really a waste <laughs> of, of time, effort and money to pay yeah. me to, to, to like have the time off. Um, nice, but then when I had Rocky, I was thinking, right, I'm not going to go back. And then this this company gave me the opportunity um, to work with them, the hours that I wanted and be a director. But I quickly realised I am not a manager at all. Like I cannot manage people. I'm a good leader. So if you're on board, let's go, let's do it. But managing staff, I'm rubbish at. So I did other businesses around this kind of stuff. So I did have Chocolate Fountain High Business for a time, did a bit of network marketing. Um, but then I was the director of the business. But I just never was passionate about it. I could, if I wanted to, work really hard for five years and maybe build that up and then sell it. But the two people that were um, the other directors were lovely, lovely, really nice people. They were a couple, married couple. I thought they were great, still think they're great. But they didn't have the same vision as me. So they was very much a lifestyle business for them, whereas I would have wanted to get it to a level and get rid of it. Um, so mm-hmm. then go and do something else. And so we weren't really that well aligned. So um, I started doing property. I thought I need to do something else. I want to do something. I always have this thing where I hear about people having passive income or, you know, working less, but earning more, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And so I was chasing that. So I used to um, follow all groups, follow all everything. And But one thing I was good at in all the different businesses and all the different things that I did was since social media came out, I embraced that. I loved it. Loved um, building up Facebook pages. Loved, um, you know, using, obviously I've used LinkedIn every single day for the last, I don't know, 15, 16 years because of being in recruitment. Um, it, we were the earlier adopters of it, but I loved all of that. So I had people say to me all the time, you're so good on social media. You're always doing your lives. You're always out there. You should be a social media manager. And I'd be like, try not to puke up in my own mouth because I do not like social media management like I would hate the thought of jumping on and um, logging on to somebody else I don't even know my own logins never mind being responsible for other people's logins jumping on and I just don't believe in it I don't believe you can be your authentic self if somebody else is posting for you so I used to be like I'd love to do social media but not like that so then obviously we reconnected, didn't we? We'd knew each other for years ago. We used, we knew each other just down the school run and we just, it's great because actually we connected on Facebook, didn't we? Didn't really know each other. Yeah. I'd say we were acquaintances more than friends, really. We knew each other, but just nodding, hello. And then obviously when you went self-employed, when you had started your own business, you reached out. I was that awful person that said, hi, I haven't spoken to you for five years, but how about a coffee so you can help me with something? <laughs> you being you went... 
fine, sure. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So at the time I had decided to leave the recruitment business to focus on the property sourcing, knowing that I couldn't really do everything. Um, so I walked away the, the recruitment business with nothing. And people always think like, oh, she had a recruitment business, she, she sold it. No, it didn't because it didn't build it up enough to warrant it being sold. And if anything, you know, it, it was a relief to be able to just walk away and not have to sort a million things out to, to do that. So left that, I was focusing on the property sourcing, but I'd been scammed by a few people. So people owed me money that didn't pay me. My fault though, my completely my responsibility because I'm great at what I'm great at and not good at what I'm not good at. So if you're sourcing a property for someone, you really should get them to sign an agreement. And I've, I've always worked off of, um, you know, like trusting. If I shake your hand and say we're doing something, not that we can shake a hand, people's hands in these days, in this coronavirus times, then that's what's happening and that's what we're doing. But I've quickly found out that in, especially in the property world, people just don't do it. So if they say they're going to pay you X amount, you agree that, and then it, then it happens, they'll go, oh, I'm just going to give you that. And also, if the deal doesn't happen, so you could do all the work, it could all be fine, it's all work through you, but you know, property's property. And if somebody just changes their mind, doesn't want to sell or doesn't want to buy, that whole thing just falls, at, you know, falls through and all the work you've done, you just don't get anything. You don't get a fee unless it's actually gone through and sold. So um, there was a loads of like, you know, and it, I do hold my hands up and say, you know, it was my fault because I should have put more procedures and processes in place. But at the time as well, I was going through like a court case with my ex was taking me to court. And so it was like, you know, when you've got 10 million things going on and, and we teach, don't we, like, pick one thing like because if you don't pick one thing you it's going to be hard for you and I was that person because at one point I was doing network marketing I was doing still doing the recruitment business I was running the LinkedIn courses and I was doing property sourcing so everyone knew me because I built my social media presence so had a huge audience on social media but probably if you did a poll and said what what do I do everybody would have different answers and they'd probably just know me um as the mouthy woman that was left the city. <laughs> they just know you. They don't know what for or why. They just know you. They don't actually know how they could spend money with you if they should want if, if they should wish to. Um so obviously we um we were going to just do a project, weren't we, to start off with? We were literally... Because yeah. I, I knew I knew there was a better way of making money. I knew... And if you're selling your time for money, you're never going to be able to, you know, have the kind of life that we'd like to have. We started working on this project and then we were like, actually, we should go all in on this because, we, you know, we don't have to trade our time for money anymore. We can build it up in different ways. Yes, we're still working hard, but we're, we're working... Um, far smarter so for those that are just listening in now we have group programs we do we do do one-to-ones as well but we have like group programs where a number of people can go on our on our 90-day program all at the same time we, we have a membership site that people pay us on a monthly basis to be a part of we do do one-to-one so we're still working hard but it's fun and i get my um buzz of doing things different like every business that we work with is different so that's i do get my variety in that way now we decided didn't we drop all the other things that we're doing and going on all in on get savvy club and it's it's been the, the best thing really so that's that's how in like a load of load of talking how we kind of got here i guess yeah that's your story so just to change tack slightly i know you obviously and i know one of the biggest misconceptions about you is that you're a bit of a party animal and like to go out and have a drink but i know that you actually gave up drinking 11 years ago so what made you do that um and you know what have been the consequences of making that decision i think i got the the party and a normal person gets in in their entire life plus more in the time that i used to drink so i've kind of like (laughs) 
got it all, all out of my system. I think um, I was actually, I mean, it's it's weird. I always feel not a fraud, but when when I tell people that I've, um, you know, quit drinking, obviously it's just been 11 years now. Some people think that, oh, she must have had a really tough time quitting. Um, you know, she must have been like rock bottom and in rehab and, but no, have to go to AA meetings and stuff. And that's not at all it. I drank ever since, I don't, I don't know, probably... And I was like 15, 16, you know, the cider on the park, that kind of thing. And then um, before I had my daughter, I could probably count on one hand the amount of um, days that I didn't drink or I wasn't out. So I wasn't like someone that sat at home. I would drink at home if I was watching the football or whatever, but I was just someone that was out all the time. So probably people think that I'm a party girl because I was a party girl. So I have got those sort of qualities about me about being quite um gregarious and out there and, and whatever else and confident speak to anybody but I just realized when I drank like it wasn't serving me the best that it could and obviously as soon as I got found out that I was pregnant with Serena my daughter I stopped drinking so I had like this mini time of obviously seeing the world sober for the first time ever so I had um like nine months of that obviously no actually longer than that because I breastfed for six months so all that time where I didn't drink so I was kind of thinking about it not then at that time but then I then I did a split with Serena's dad when she was about 18 months old and obviously by then I'd started drinking again and it almost felt like when she was with her dad that meant I should go out because I've not got you know I've not got my daughter that night so I better you should do something you can't do when you've got her yeah like I better go out so so then my, my drinking was getting back back up there again and I was thinking I'm quite witty with things yes. and um but when I used to drink I didn't really read people that well and know like when I'd gone I didn't have that thing of knowing yeah. when I've gone too far so I did used to upset a lot of people unintentionally <laughs> just because I found it funny it was funny and people used to say it was funny and I know now I realize now obviously I was a lot of people's entertainment uh, but I would I would be the kind of person that just wouldn't be able to have one and although it was really fun to, to a certain extent when you get to a certain age it's like it's, it's not that great anymore. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't want that. I saw women that were 10 years older than me and I didn't want that ruddy red wine yeah. face and that, and that wine belly. I didn't. Or that, you know, people laughing with you or at you. My ex-partner actually had this book, which was called uh, How to Control Alcohol by a guy called Alan Carr, who wrote all the ones that help people to quit smoking, quit sugar, quit all sorts of things. And I, I read that book and it re- rewired my brain and I just stopped. Like, and that was it. And it makes you have like, tells you don't quit while you're reading it. You just read it and whatever. So you carry on as normal. And then on, when you finished it, you it says, have your last drink and then say goodbye to drink. So my last drink was um, a shot of Bombay Sapphire gin. And then I was like, oh, don't get me wrong. It was hard the first few months because it was like, no one believed me. <laughs> and even like after a year, two years, people were saying, still doing that thing. And I was like, I'm not doing a thing. Like, this is my life now. This is, And it took ages for people to get that that was the thing so did you grow up in an environment where everybody drank my mum's not an alcoholic uh that's one i can name that's not but pretty much all the rest like most of them are you know have drink problems and even if even those ones that will say no i haven't you do have it's interesting to me that even you think you're quite different from the rest of your family so what is it that drives you to be successful and not to just be the same as everybody else that you grew up with it's my responsibility for the whole of the family to stop the you know to, to stop the cycle so that then my kids will have a better life somebody's got to break the cycle some way so uh, you know why not me um break it now and obviously it should get easier for the generations coming forward that's all what about facing difficulty what's probably the hardest thing you've had to do 
Oh gosh. There's been like literally I cannot pinpoint like you know how people say, Oh, what's the thing that helped you, you your life turn around? Like and they say, Oh, there's not one thing, it's lots of things. That's how I feel about when people say, like, what's been the toughest time? Because there's millions of different like tough times. Yeah, I think that's probably more realistic in terms of most people's lives. The hardest part was probably when I because I've got two different uh two children, two different dads, and when I was with the second dad and he, I won't go into details, probably dragged me into courts and whatnot. Um, but like what, what I went through at that stage of like, but, and also because you're older and because you're competent and because you've, you've worked so hard to get to a certain level in your life and achieve so much. And then actually it's like, wow, I've gone, I'm going backwards or, or my personality has been like squashed by this circumstance and how this is. And, and actually I remember it was Christmas day and, um, like my, my ex was being a, a, a pain in the ass. And I, I just knew on that day, right, this time next year, this Christmas, I'm not going to live like that. And then I moved into the house that I'm in now, June of that next year. But I just, mm. on that day, on that Christmas day, I thought, I'm not going to live like this. And I had no idea how I was going to get out of it because I just started working then, but only on a part-time basis, had no savings. I had no, and I thought, how have I managed from all the money that I've made in the past, all mm. the things that I've done to get myself in this situation right now? It seemed like I was so... I think I was annoyed with myself more than anything. Yep. So I was like, I've been there. At this age, you think when you're young, you think by that age, I'll have this, this, this. And you get to that age and you're like, yeah. And, and, you, and you don't know what you're doing. Anymore. And also it's not that it's like when somebody's like basically tricked you, people can be very conniving and narcissistic. And you think, wow, I've been like, I've been a proper hoodwinked here. And now I'm in this situation. Like I must be stupid. But then it's that kind of, well, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to, um, and it was funny because at the time there was this thing that I was doing on social media actually called, 100 happy days and sometimes it comes up in my um timeline which just made me laugh because at the time i was doing my hashtag 100 happy days was the unhappiest time of my life probably it does go to show that you should still be gr uh, grateful no matter where you are and just know as well that change is going to come you know things are going to get better cycles isn't it life it's just happening yeah and that's probably one of the biggest criticisms leveled at social media isn't it that it's just all fake and people pretending they've got these great lives that they don't have and you know what's the point yeah, there was a um, picture that I shared on Facebook, actually, because everybody that would have seen me on social media at that time would have thought, oh, she's so lucky because I was on holiday with my mum and my two kids in Menorca, just chilling out. I'd lost all the baby weight as well, even though I thought I looked awful. I did look awful because I, I had my mouth was full of ulcers. Um, because I was so stressed and I couldn't so that's why I lost the weight because I couldn't eat starving <laughs> um, and um, you know actually I had like no energy and whatever and I broke my foot while I was on that holiday but people would have seen oh look she's in you know she's on holiday she's in a nice resort she's got kids with her she's she's lost all the baby weight that just goes to show doesn't it on social media you can look like no and I think people forget that actually social media is a tool and if you want to use it for business it's a business tool so just like you wouldn't put in if you had a shop in your shop window I'm having a really bad day and I've had a massive argument with my partner and my kids hate me you'd put on that smile and you'd serve your customers social media is exactly the same isn't it for me it's all about you know connecting with people and, you know, helping other people grow their businesses because that's what our business is. Not like I'm not on there to share pictures of cats or, you know. No. And if you're using it for some kind of validation or self-affirmation, then you kind of need to have a think about that. That's Is that the right channel for that? Or should you maybe go and talk to somebody different um, about whatever the issues are in your life? Yeah. I know that also at the start of our business, Get Savvy Club, we had to have a difficult conversation that I didn't see coming. Um, so do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Or, or you, oh, you pretty much got to now because I've brought it up. 
Oh, yeah, well, actually, this was a really, like, difficult time as well. So that's what I say about when you said about, like, what difficult times you have. There's loads, isn't there? But mm-hmm. um, when we when we started working together, we, um, you know, obviously, we the site was just going to be, we were going to create a little online course. We were going to flog probably on maybe on, like, Udemy or, like, a group on or maybe just Anita has the marketing background I know um you know probably more about the the sales and social media Mm -hmm. together we could have created a little course that we put on Facebook sell it get some extra cash for it and carry on doing our own different things but obviously Get Savvy Club became actually a bigger idea for us both and we could see we had a bigger vision for it and knew that we could do more things but I had to have a conversation with Anita quite early on because of the, the issues that I'd had in my other businesses and all the things that kind of a- accumulated together, I'd got myself into like a ton of debt, like 35 Ks debt. And I was um in and ahhing whether to go bankrupt or not. I just literally didn't know whether to. So obviously I was thinking, I can't like, and Anita's not going to know that because we don't know each other that well. We just right. know through Facebook and we've just seen each other and things. And, and you don't run around t- telling people, well, actually, oh, actually some people do this. And if you do do this, stop. I know some people that do go around wearing their like heart, like their heart, heartache and their their debt and their their poor me stories on their sleeve constantly. And actually, because I I never really knew whether to even to say this in this podcast actually, because you don't know what people's thoughts are. But then it's like you've you and it's it is easier now because obviously we've come through nearly a year of working together, so things have changed. But when you're when you're deep in it you don't feel that you can really speak about it that much but i had to obviously speak to anita about it because i couldn't um go into business with somebody saying hey by the way i'm in 35k's worth of debt uh, you know it couldn't come out further down the line to say i'm in 35k's worth of debt and don't know whether i'm going to go into go bankrupt or not looks like i'm going to be able to turn it around which is good which is all it adds up doesn't it makes a great yeah. one day who knows and i would have had no problem with anita whatsoever if she'd have turned around and gone okay i don't want to go into i don't want to work with you then because <laughs> how have you managed to do this? But we were just honest with each other. You know, obviously um, there's, we, we spoke about different things in our lives and got to know each other a lot better now. But I was just like, this is my situation. I completely understand if you, you don't want to work with me based on this and that that's fine. Maybe we could just do the little project that we said before and go over and she was like, oh, okay, that's fine. So we've kind of worked yeah. through it. So that that was that was a really tough question because it was like, I really want this Get Savvy Club thing to work, but it's not my call. And I know there'd be other people out there that wouldn't have had that conversation. They would have just hidden it yeah and actually the trust that it brings because you've been honest is worth more than so i'm not saying you go around and tell everyone all your problems and all because like i said there are people that i know that i see on social media and they they bang this drum about oh everything's so hard for me i had this bad business deal and now i'm in this much debt and i can't get out and i think the more you speak about it the more is that's going to happen to you so it's a hard one because you're supposed to be, you know, you want to be authentic and honest and whatever else. But, and you know, people say vulnerable and whatnot. But at the same time, you don't want it to be like banging on about your, your, your hardships because then people will know, re- just remember you for that. So it's... it's a- yes, yeah. We are attracted to positivity, aren't we? Not negative. So positive people we want to be around because they bring us up and make us feel better. People have this misconception, wrongly, that because I had a recruitment business and then I didn't anymore, that I must have had some big payout. So I've got a ton of money for that. People also think as well, because I've got two exes, I must have, of course, inherited like, you know, a house and money. And actually, I walked away from both of those relationships with nothing, which I don't want anything, you know, I would never want anything either. But um, but it's that kind of people um, connect the dots the wrong way themselves, don't they? Put to get two and two and add two and two together and get five. It's like um, you, if somebody's got a business, people assume they've got lots of money when actually they've got a business. But right now, especially with coronavirus times, mm. 
might have a seemingly successful, big, you know, really great business from the outside looking in, but actually they're like weeks away from having to shut the whole thing down. And also because as well, doing the property, when you say you're in property, people assume, oh, they must have this huge portfolio. And it's like, no, not at all. And different twists and turns mean different things. But it's I've always, like I've come from nothing. So having nothing doesn't scare me, which is a bad thing as well, because it makes you take risks that perhaps you would not have normally taken. And then you end up getting into trouble. But then again, you can pull yourself out as easily as well, because you've got that blind faith of like, well, actually, things are going to work yeah. out. And you probably are more positive than me in that way. Definitely. Two questions that we're going to ask everybody on this podcast. Um, the first one is, what is a great book? So um, a development book or a business book or something that you've read that's inspired you and that you would recommend. And um, if you subscribe and rate um, our podcast, then you've got a chance of winning this book. We'll send it to you. Subscribe, review and rate it. Basically, just give us five stars. <laughs> And then you can have the opportunity to uh, win one of the books on. So um, my book is by, and it's why I've chosen a book that I can never really pronounce the um, the <laughs> the title of it. I'll never know, but it's a great book. It's called Chiltrepreneur. No, Chilpreneur. Chilpreneur. See, I can't yeah. say. But it's by a lady called Denise Duffield Thomas. So if you check out Denise Duffield Thomas, she's brilliant, actually. And I bought her boot camp, her money boot camp. And that has helped me massively with with the issues I had around money. Having that boot camp and people think it's crazy. Like, well, you're buying a boot camp that's worth like two grand, even though you're like 35 grand in debt. Sounds nonsensical. But actually, the learnings from that and the mindset shifts of mind mindset shifts are huge but this particular book is not about just the money side of it it's actually about um giving yourself permission to go out and earn good money without um getting burnt out so i had always used to think um it's up to me so i always had that thing where you you know you like if anything's gonna happen it means i have to work really hard to make it happen so that's from the work ethic i guess and you know feeling like you know okay only i can make this happen and obviously that's changed. I've realised that's not the best way. And this book um, will make you realise that as well. And just working, like this working together means it's not, you know, you don't have to, it's not, it's us that's doing it together or other things like opportunities come. You don't have to bash a door down to get opportunities that they, they will come to you if you're more chilled and more aligned and know what you're doing. So it's it's a really good book actually. And, and there's some real golden nuggets in there where she talks about like, you know, times have changed. You don't have to feel guilty for, for making money easily, that the world has changed and, the way that we all buy stuff now is so much easier. So why make it hard for yourself? Why are you trading time for money? Why are you not got something where you can have a passive income? And she really does. Well, you know, if one day it comes out that Denise Diffield Thomas is not what she says she is and, you know, maybe she's a fraud or something, then I will be so shocked because I'm so in on her story and what she's about and how she is. I just imagine right now she's in some, in her farm that she owns, just not really doing a lot and still making money from it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is an inspirational book and it's amazing how you can now spot people who have these money blocks. So when you want to work with someone um, and you say, well, how much will that be? And they kind of mumble um, and almost apologetically tell you the price rather than being proud to be able to charge the amount that they're charging for the service that they're going to give you that they will know will be great and that you'll get great outcome for. And I've got everybody, I'm the same. It's like almost embarrassing to say, well, is it okay if you pay me this much money? And why should you? It's a really weird thing because it's like when I was part of a bigger organisation than me, I had no problem with them asking people for the money. And because we had like an accounts department that did the invoice side that 
that chase the money as well. If they didn't get the money back in, I'd happily go and go, look, my credit control department have been trying to call you, not paid you. The, the, and I'd be completely fine because it was like, I'm collecting money on behalf of the business, not mm. me. So it was hard to kind of shift that and be like, no. And I think she has this great sort of phrase, which is, I serve, hang on, I've got it on my phone. I serve, I deserve, I think. Just, I think it's just literally as simple as that. I yeah, I serve, I deserve. So you do, if you're serving someone, you do deserve to earn the money. And we, we have, because we, me and Anita, I think we're really easy to sell to. So we know what we want to yeah. do in our business. We know where we want to get to. And we also know that whole thing about it's not up to us, kind of, it's not just us. We know we need a good team of people around us to do it. So if we want to learn something or we want to do something in business, we'll happily um, identify who that person is, get them and say, right, how much? And if the price is fine, if we feel that they're going to give us a good service, we'll just go, yeah, we'll have it. So we're so yeah. easy to sell to. But, yeah, we have come across people that are like, um, this this much? I think it's more the norm than just being, yeah, it's this much. Take it or leave it. I, I don't think uh, working with us one-to-one is um, a huge amount of money, but for some people it is. And uh, yeah. that will increase, by the way. What it, That's why I'm not going to say how the amount now, because obviously it will, it will increase over time as, as we get busier and we want to say no to certain things and whatnot. Um, and when what sometimes we say, we just say it as it is. And if they go, oh, it's a bit much, fine, that's good. And one of the other things she talks about that really resonates is that, you know, you're not a charity. You deserve to charge this money. And then when you earn that money, you can then spend it to help in a charitable way if you choose to do that. By help, but by doing something for free for somebody because you don't think they've got the money to pay you, that's not charity. You know, earn your money, be able to support yourself and your family and then do whatever your time or money, you know, to help out in a charity. But your business is not a charity. And also choosing your free is really important. So mm. we have loads of people can be around the Get Savvy Club world and have so much for free. They can literally have so much for free, never pay us anything and get so, so much value. But that's our we choose that free. So our free training, this this podcast is free, the free um, Facebook group, the free, like we've got LinkedIn pod, all those different things, they're all free. Um, but if anybody was to say to us, oh, can you just, you know, let's have a one-to-one session for free or discounted or whatever. No, because we there's our free, which we've mm-hmm. arranged, our downloads, our lead magnets, whatever. But when, when you want to get to the next level, we're hoping we've given enough value at free that you have yeah. to pay. And we have had people getting quite stroppy with us saying, well, we thought you'd be happy to prove, you know, how good you are by having this one-to-one session with me and then I might go on to spend money. You know, they always, they always dangle that carrot, don't they? And you say, well, I am perfectly happy to prove myself. In the business model that you had before, yeah. um, I can imagine people doing that because it's like, oh, well, you want me to pay for marketing? There's no, like... Because you can't prove if the marketing is going to work before you do the marketing, so it's hard, so hard with. And I, because marketing is my thing, I get over enthusiastic when I meet them, and I say, "Oh, you should do this, and you should do that." And before I know it, I think, "Oh, well, that's great." Now I've just done zero amount of money, and I've given them everything they need. You've do yourself out of a job because yeah. you're too good at what you do, and I can't zip it. <laughs> yeah, and you can't you can't help it because you just you just know what you know, and you want to help yeah. people. Um, but I used to get people meet, you know, ask all the time, like, oh, can I just pick your brain? Can I and because I love meeting people and I'm really interested in people, um, I'd, I'd go along. But now we are a lot stricter, which is a lot yeah. better. The final question that we're also going to ask everybody, what makes you savvy? We're the Get Savvy Club. We like savvy people. What makes you savvy? I think what make, makes me savvy is um, the ability to always like like keep to, to keep going and to try stuff take me a while to get this but like embrace failure so if things don't work out like just learn from that fast and, and pick yourself back up and, and carry on so, and and just take the action so that I think I've been like that always in terms of like I work in my recruitment business and or even if I just had a 
you know, early on in my sales job, when, when people are umming and ahhing about what what to do, like, oh, sure, th- this is happening, um, maybe we could do this or that. By that time, I picked the phone up, called the person, worked it out, solved the problem. Like, So many people are scared to pick up the phone and just talk directly to people. Just actually taking, actually taking action would, would makes me savvy and trying different things. Like, So if there's a new feature yeah. on any of the things, I will just press it and see what happens fantastic so if you've enjoyed listening to this don't forget there's others to listen to please rate review and subscribe to our podcast yeah we are really excited for this podcast so um i don't know whether mine's going to come before anita's on the thing but if you haven't listened to anita's yet go and listen to that now um and then obviously rate subscribe review us all the things you have to do with the podcast because then you might be in with a chat oh, what i'd love you to do is actually screenshot this and um tag us on instagram so at get, get savvy club because oh that's another way you can win the book as long as you've, you've got to prove that you've, that you've rated and subscribed it so that's how you can prove it isn't it put it on instagram yes so yeah we'd love more people to be listening to this podcast and we'd love a great chart position obviously so yeah five stars please fantastic thank you very much anna for your time see you later bye that was marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club if you enjoyed it join our facebook group just search get savvy club